Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast with your host, Andrew Keel. This is the podcast where you can get the education you need to invest 100% passively in the highly profitable niche of mobile home parks. Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Keel. And today we have an amazing guest in Mr. Chad Freeman of MHP Investors. Before we dive in, I want to ask you a real quick favor. Would you mind taking an extra 30 seconds and heading over to iTunes to rate this podcast with five stars? This helps us get more listeners, and it means the absolute world to me. So thanks for making my day with that review of the show. All right, let's dive in. Chad has been investing in real estate since 2005 and has a successful track record in both residential and commercial real estate. Chad is one of the founding members of MHP Investors, and he has overseen all aspects of the business. He's currently taking the lead on scaling their business to new heights. Additionally, Chad has spent over 20 years in the travel industry as an airline pilot. So Chad, welcome to the show. Hey, Andrew. Thanks. Good to be here today. Yeah, let's dive right in. Would you mind starting out by telling us about your story and how you got into manufactured housing communities? Yeah, I'd love to. So my whole life since I was a little kid, I want to be an airline pilot. And that was my focus in life until I graduated. And I got in early and started the life as an airline pilot in 2001. And I had this whole glamorous life picture, like picture catch me if you can with Leonardo, right? <laughs> so I'm going to be living this awesome lifestyle with this great job and rolling in money and you know, just everything awesome. Well, I got hired at the beginning of 2001. I was furloughed by the end of 2001 because we all know what happened in 2001. Wow. <laughs> and then I quickly realized, you know, a few years into this job that I was pissed broke and I needed something else on the side. And it's also an incredibly unstable industry. So I was always interested in real estate. Both my parents did real estate stuff with sales and investments and so it was really easy to fall into that. I got extremely hooked on it. It started out with uh, me as a pilot being based in New York or Newark, actually. And I thought I'd make an investment with a crash pad. So, you know, there's other people, you purchase a home and then you fill it full of pilots that are just there overnight occasionally. And they all share this room and pay you rent. So that's what I, my idea was. Well, I think it was a good idea, but I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't even know what due diligence meant. So I, I bought this place uh, in Elizabeth Seaport, which is, you don't want to buy a place there. Oh, I'll just say that. <laughs> and uh, I started running this crash pad and, you know, that bad feeling in your gut that people say, pay attention to it. I didn't pay attention to that. Oh. And it was a pure speculation based on some rumor of a ferry going to Manhattan. So markets going up. This is 2005. I'm like, oh, you just buy real estate, make a bunch of money. Well, obviously, that didn't turn out right. And not too long into it, I realized this isn't the investment deal I was looking for. So I started class. I took a six month long training class and I really learned so much from that. And I got out of that lousy investment. And I got myself into some good investments, which fast forward now to 2015, we make enough money to get into something commercial, which I had been wanting to do from the start, but I wasn't quite sure where to go with that yet. I just knew I liked the idea and I wanted to get into commercial because I also knew where that's, there's some money there. So 
my business partner now, uh, Kevin Kuzminas, one of my business partners, I was over at his house and his mother also is in real estate. She was a realtor. She had all these boot camp manuals from Frank and Dave's mobile home park boot camp, which I'm sure, you know, a lot of people listening to this will recognize that, but it's kind of the standard of how to figure out this industry. And I didn't know anything about it. I asked, I asked her, Hey, is this any good? What is that? You know? And she's like, Oh yeah, it's really good. I've taken it twice. And so now Frank's kind of accidentally become my mentor and awesome dude. And so he got me started in the industry, gave me the knowledge to, to get going and then uh, haven't looked back since. And I absolutely love this industry. We get to help people out. You know, we're going in and we're looking for undervalued parks that are poorly managed and usually run down. And we get to go in there and turn them around and make people's lives better too. And then we make a great profit in the process. You know, we've had, I remember one lady was scared to go outside when we first bought one of our properties. And now she lives next to a nice home that was once a total dump and she's not scared to go outside anymore, you know? So it gives us pleasure to help people like that, but we did get in it to make money, you know? So this space right now with what's going on in the economy is unbelievable with mobile home parks. And when you purchase the correct property, I think it's hands down the best investment you can make anywhere in real estate today. And, you know, we're not, we're not the smartest people on earth, but I think we got a good handle on it. And we've been able to hit a 52% increase in value annually since we started in this business. So yeah, I'd we just want to keep replicating good. that. Yep. That's fantastic. So when did you buy your first deal? Was that 2015? That was 2017. Okay. 2017. Tell us about that first park and maybe tell us about your portfolio now. Okay, sure. Well, it was a two park package and we took our time and it, it took me a little bit to get motivated to really sit down and make it happy you now because it's kind of an abstract idea to get into something when you first go to the boot camp and to make it tangible and take that action is <laughs> something totally different. But we made it happen and I sat down, I got very determined one day and I just uh, made it happen. You know, I, I said, I'm going to sit here in front of my computer until I find a deal that I want to purchase. Cause I've been looking at so many deals that weren't right. We backed out of a couple during our diligence process and I found a good, I just made my mind up and I did it. And we found this two part package from this guy. It was sitting out there on the mobile home park store. I don't know how it wasn't <laughs> scooped up already. And they're good properties. They're good value add properties. They're undervalued. And he sold these things to us at almost a 15 cap because he was going through divorce and he didn't want his wife to get a dime extra. So he actually sold them for what he had in them at that point, just to get out of it. So we got an incredible deal right off the bat. Wow. Which gave us room to you know, make mistakes and gave us a really nice margin for error there going into our first properties. So on that first deal, real quick, before we go, so where are those at? I know you're based in Florida, right? Jacksonville. Where do you, do you buy around Jacksonville or are they outside of that area? We're pretty much open to anything kind of east of the Rockies, but we avoid areas more so than anything. It's uh, throughout the Midwest is where we feel the most undervalued market is at. You know, we avoid... We avoid Illinois and New York, pretty much the Northeast and the Northwest because of cap rates. And then Louisiana to Georgia, not a huge fan of because everybody or often people have a lot of park owned uh, homes and their lot rates are just unbelievably cheap, like 
75 to 125 dollars so we stay away from that too unless we're in a major metro like atlanta i'd love to own something in atlanta but we're kind of leaning towards the red states now too to be honest not to get into politics but they're just more business friendly we find and currently we're in michigan and we're just trying to push south from there and avoid markets we consider are bad but other than that we're we're open to most places east of the the rockies pretty much very nice so all three of your current parks they're in michigan yeah very nice awesome do you have any trouble managing those you know being in florida is that where your your whole group is is based out of well there's two of us in florida one in colorado and one in georgia oh okay very and nice. this is a good business because you can manage it remotely it would be easier in person of course but the the challenges that come from remote haven't been a huge obstacle and we randomly visit the park to keep the manager on our toes <laughs> you know we'll randomly show up i actually got that from uh dave thomas reading his book dave's way he used to always surprise people he never never schedule anything i guess so maybe maybe just shed light you had the so you had the two park package and uh and then maybe shed some light on the third deal the third park that you guys bought you said that was a recent one yeah, that was a couple of years ago. So we had a list of, or have a list of brokers. And when we're in buy mode, I guess, then we just bug the crap out of the brokers. And we've established some good rapport with some brokers. And one of them in particular, he knew we had a couple of properties in Michigan already. And I met this guy in person at the MHI convention in Vegas, ended up hanging out with him. We connected more. And then a few months later, I get a call and he says, hey, I know you guys got properties in Michigan. I got this off market deal and that's like, that's magic to our ears. That's what we want. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so we ended up buying this property. I wouldn't say out from under Frank and Dave, but you know, he teaches in his boot camp that the guys, the little guys like us, startup guys often have an advantage over larger companies because they can get in and establish rapport with the mom and pop operators who, and that's exactly what we did. And he sold it to us. He straight up told us, I sold it to you guys because, you know, you guys are young and I like your energy and I want to give you this opportunity rather than see it go to a big company where it's not going to matter as much. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is super cool. And so are you still a pilot or do you do this full time? One good thing about the airline job is I get a lot of time off. And then even when I'm at work, I have a lot of downtime on layovers just because of international flight rules that we have. You can't Sure. I can only do one flight and then I got to stay somewhere and rest. So yeah, I still work there. It's considered full time, but it's, this is a lot more time consuming. I put a lot more time and energy into this because I'm trying to completely get away from the airline income. Gotcha. Maybe you could tell us what's been the toughest hurdle for you in the mobile home park business. Initially breaking into the business, you know, we had people telling us on the phone, do you guys have any idea how hard it is to break into this business when you don't own any properties. And I just took it as a challenge and made it happen. <laughs> but the current, our biggest pain point right now is filling vacant lots, I think. Mm, yeah. It's the most time consuming. It's a lot of moving pieces to get those things coordinated and to come together with lot prep. And then the demand in the market right now is just, it's gone astronomical for new and used homes. All the the dealers are backed up. It took us a year to get two new homes in or three new homes just recently. You can't even put big orders in anymore. 
Yeah. Uh, and then because of this, the supply chain disruptions and the inventory backups plus inflation, the, the used home market has just caught on fire. It has. Yeah. And it was already on fire, you know, before all of this. So yeah. I agree. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Infill's tough. How do you manage your parks? Do you have a third party manage them or do you guys manage them in-house? Yeah, it's all in-house. So we train our managers and kind of look for the nicest home and expect a high turnover and, you know, try to start conversations with good residents and maximize that person's potential and through training and coaching and annual reviews and whatnot. But we do expect a high turnover with managers. Very cool. Yeah. The, the Frank model, right? That the Frank and Dave. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Let's see here. So I asked this question to, to everybody and I think this is the most, most important question of the interview. What are the most important things, passive investors, you know, we're talking limited partners here. What are the most important things they need to look out for when investing into mobile home parks? I would say just do some research on who you're dealing with. Well, first of all, just invest with us and then no brainer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've heard some stories about guys out there that were even uh, impersonating other operators that have actually managed to, there's a big lawsuit about this, raise a chunk of change, like uh, over $100 million, I think. And then, wow. so there are some scammers out there and then other people I've heard of that are just lousy operators or they're more in it for just the deals. They just buy deals with bad assets because they're getting fees as the managers. Mm. So that's, that's not who we are. We want to return an incredible return to ourselves and our investors. And, you know, we're not, we don't have a $150 million fund. So, and we're, we're transparent too. Yeah. I think, you know, knowing the operator as much as you can is just so valuable. And it's amazing to me, you know, with COVID and everything, just how, how to get to know an operator, right? Because everybody sounds good over the phone, but I think the more you could dive in and see how they're living their life and hobbies and otherwise, I think it'll just give you kind of like that gut feeling you were talking about on that, that first, you know, crash pad, you know, I think you can just follow that, you know, so far, but you know, any additional info you have is, is just good to research your operator. Cause yeah, there are some you know, scammers or whatever you want to call it. Just people out there not doing it the right way. Yeah, I mean, check the balance sheets and stuff. We just recently had an investor pick us apart pretty good, and it felt good at the end of it. He's invested with us now, so yeah, do your diligence. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Chad. What do you think the perfect mobile home park looks like, and why? I'd say our last purchase, but we wanted larger. So it was an off-market deal. That's where you're going to find the best deal always with any real estate, I think. And then it was the typical mom and pop operator that we look for who aren't necessarily the best business managers. So they've mismanaged it. There's a lot of value add there. It wasn't too small, the 82 space park. Oh, nice. And very undervalued and mismanaged. So it had good bones and we go buy this awesome asset for pennies on the dollar compared to what we're going to turn it into. And we're, we're already doing that and seeing great returns on it. But it, it was undervalued by lot rent was over $100 below market rate. The utilities, the park was paying all the utilities. So we spent $10,000, put in submeters throughout the entire park, and we took our water bill from over seven grand a month 
to nothing. And the overall usage of the community dropped by two thirds just by making people responsible for their own water usage. And then it, it had some room with vacant lots too. There's about 20 vacant lots. So bank loved it. We loved it. Mom and pop were ready to get rid of it. And it was just the perfect deal for us. Yeah. You may have some water leaks too with seven grand a month. Oh yeah. I mean, I was like Swiss cheese when we bought it. <laughs> it's all patched up now though. Oh yeah. That, that's, those are always fun, especially when you just buy a new park and you're like, all right, let's get to work. But American leak detection, you know, they'll save you thousands of dollars. I think they've been there three or four times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those, I got those guys on speed dial. <laughs> I like those guys. Definitely. Well, that sounds like a great, like a great deal. Yeah. So you submetered the park and, you know, have you been able to infill? Maybe tell us about your infill, like how many homes you've infilled to date and, you know, just shed some light on that. Sure. Yeah, we uh, we really like Clayton Homes a lot, and because Warren Buffett's behind it too. So I mean, that business is amazing. It's so cool to go tour their factories too. But the infill's been the biggest challenge, and we bring in new homes from Clayton. We brought in some used homes, and you know, just having we're just letting the park pay for that because this wasn't purchased under a fund either. So there's not as much capital there. So it's just organically doing the infill. Mm. yeah the demand just trying to to fill homes and then we've had a couple demos too which set us back there but it's also good with the demos because then you get nice new homes and better residents too so it's just a it's a speed bump i guess but yeah the the uh the infill's tough (laughs) it is It, it is you know how do you guys finance do you guys only do like clayton homes do you use like 21st uh mortgage for those or how do you finance your new homes you mean for our residents to sell them to the residents? Yeah, to sell them to the residents. Yeah, we've had great success with 21st and have a good rapport with them. So we just stick with that. There's that, uh, I forget the, the team in Chicago, we keep sniffing them out. We've uh, we've been set up with them, but never used them. It's Capital Equity Partners or something. I forget their name. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's another lender out there that's supposed to be good, but we're happy with 21st and their cash program. Nice, nice. What are some mistakes that you've made that you've, you know, learned from, and maybe our listeners can learn from? Yeah. uh, You got to make sure and stay on top of what's happening, you know, in today's economy. And more recently, we've not done a better job with uh, letting homes leave the park. And I think this is coming from demand that we see for used homes. So we've had to adjust our practices with, how we're we're treating people as well just to try to stay on top of that that if anybody moves we need to make it good for them find a win-win situation and kind of realize we weren't necessarily doing that so we had a little bit of a issue with a dealer recently and you know he this guy he had some interesting points for me but (laughs) it's kind of a funny story he he was so mad at me right off the bat and i didn't understand why And I think he's just used to dealing with lousy operators that make these people who are moving feel like they've done something wrong because they don't want the the home leaving the the park, you know? And he said, he's the one sitting there looking at the old lady, trying to help her out through one of the most stressful times in her life and giving her cash for her home and making her feel good. And then he's dealing with operators that park 
dump trucks in front of her house for the last three days that she's there and make her feel like she did something wrong. You know, so we totally got away from a, a first right of refusal in our leases based on input from this guy because he thought we were doing something not shady, but something that's, you know, not good for our residents. So we, we've changed our policy on that and just focused more on a happier customer experience, even if, even with evictions, we'll, you know, not make it personal. We'll go to you and try to find a win-win situation that works for everybody to help them avoid a, a mark on their record as well. So that's, yeah, that's our, our biggest focus and mistakes lately, I think, is just staying on top of those homes so they don't leave. Definitely. Yeah. So a dealer like came in and was trying to buy a home out of your park to then to like resell it. No, he did buy it. He bought it right off from under us and we didn't even know it. Gotcha. <laughs> so it was like an actual mobile home dealer that was yeah. coming in and scalping homes. See, that's like, that's scary to think about, you know, that, that people are that desperate for inventory that they're, you know, coming in and stealing homes out of parks because, yeah. you know, you, you want to, you need heads and beds, you need occupancy. And when occupancy dips, you know, it's expensive to bring in a new home and fill, you know, fill a lot, maybe shed some light on that. Like how much does it cost for you guys to infill a used home and then how much to fill a, a new home? Yeah. So the, uh, the couple parks we have in South Michigan, we found that we did a test with a couple new homes and that economy doesn't quite support the new homes. So we focus on used homes there. And then another problem is when you're in a HUD state like Michigan, they have guidelines for how to set the homes based on soil tests and drainages and frost heat, which is so ridiculous because <laughs> you can spend eight to $12,000 on concrete work to prevent frost heave, which gets passed on to the tenant. But if you wouldn't do that, then every, I don't know, five to eight years, they need to relevel their home for a few hundred dollars. So they're paying $10,000 to avoid a few hundred dollars every few years. Right. And that that's hard in a economy that, you know, the economy was good enough for us to get into it. But so we just focused on used homes in that, that location. But then, Another park we have is up north of Kalamazoo. Great economy there in Plainwell, Michigan. Supports used homes all day long, but it gets more expensive because of HUD guidelines and concrete work. It, we don't, we've tried to, you know, break down our used homes and into a science to kind of see what works, what doesn't. And each one's a unique animal. We've, we've had plenty of break even or make a few dollars on our homes. And we've also had it cost, I think, $13,000 to fill a lot. So. Wow. Just depends. Yeah, no, I yeah. agree. We have some parks in Michigan and uh, yeah, I mean, the concrete work is expensive, but you know, the thought is, is that long-term, you know, it'll be better for the homeowners, you know, keeping their homes safe and, you know, it's uh, just part of doing business in Michigan, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah. We can work around it. Luckily one of the, the last park we bought had great soil samples come back to where it's all sandy and it drains well. So we don't need concrete work with that. That helps us put in new homes there as well. Oh, great. Yeah. That's awesome. Where do you think the mobile home park industry is headed? You know, given the, the woes in the economy right now with inflation and the feds starting to raise interest rates, how do you think, you know, manufactured housing will weather the storm if one comes? Well, I mean, in my opinion, we got a major storm brewing. And that's why I absolutely love mobile home parks. The stock market right now is 
the most overvalued I think it's ever been in history. If you look at the valuations on it, dismal returns are forecast for the future. But if you look at what happened with COVID, I thought this was really interesting and it, it really made me feel good about mobile home parks. You saw so much exposure to risk in the market and who's got the exposure and who doesn't. And you know who doesn't is mobile home parks and plumbers and Costco and waste management and these things that are essential. So we have a very essential business, low-income housing in an economy that's just the worse the economy does, the more the demand for low-income housing. And on top of all of this, what we have going on in this economy right now for mobile home parks, you have the great reshuffling, pushing people into the suburbs, which is where almost all the mobile home parks are at. There's 20 million baby boomers retiring in the next 10 years. A lot of them don't have a, a lot of money and we get a lot of retirements. Plus you get to own your own home. So they like that. It's a great way to downsize. And actually, in fact, my brother-in-law who made enough money to retire early, sold his house and didn't know what to do for a while. So he bought a mobile home. He's like, man, you can't believe how cheap I can live in this mobile home. And it, it's nice. And they redid it and they're gonna make a few bucks on it. And so there is a lot of demand from the retired people. You got the infrastructure investment and jobs act. That's it's almost like it was designed for states with mobile home parks. If you look at the top 10 states, with the most funding, I think eight of them by number of mobile home parks are also in those top 10. We have a nation of low earners, you know, half the jobs since the great recession have paid like minimum wage. This is driving demand. Uh, we got government backed barriers to entry with low competition. We have a better product because we have vested interest in our business with our homeowners, our tenants own their own homes. Therefore we get the better residents and the entire industry is massively undervalued because the typical mobile home parks operated by mom and pop who didn't they just simply failed to adjust for inflation from the 1960s lot rent. So we're way under fair market value and it's a diminishing supply because we're way under fair market value. These things are being repurposed at approximately hundred a year and going away. Consolidation is happening. If you look at the money inflowing from institutional investors, it's unbelievable right now. I saw the other day from 2013, it was, uh, I forget the numbers now, but a huge, huge increase in billions of dollars flowing into the mobile home park sector lately from institutional investors. And then we have some of the lowest default rates in the industry, so we get more attractive debt. Banks absolutely love us. And it's an inflation protection. We're actually adjusting our rent based on the consumer price index this year to match inflation. So the setup we have in this sector right now, I don't see anywhere else. What are, what are some hurdles? If, you know, do you see any hurdles, you know, maybe regulation, you know, I think is a big one with rent control and, and that kind of spreading beyond just California and New York, you know, I know you said you guys try to avoid buying in, in those blue States, but what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, those are the hurdles. I think probably the biggest hurdle to anything that I can see coming down the road is politics. If somebody comes up with an industry disruptor, that's a in very nice affordable housing option, then that could do it. But as far as I can rack my brain thinking of ideas, I, I don't have one and maybe somebody will come up with one, but it's been tried with printed homes. So it's, it's not, the competitors there aren't there. I think if anything, the mobile home product, the mobile home itself will evolve and become better. 
but uh, yeah, yeah, as far as major hurdles, I, I don't see any huge disruptors to this industry. And I can't forecast the future, of course, but I feel really safe in this space. Yeah, if only we had that crystal ball, right, to, right. to tell us the future. <laughs> we made a lot uh, of money in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me, what's the value proposition at MHP Investors and what makes you guys different? Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your company and fund. Okay, sure. Yeah, so we're a, a small operator and we're trying to hit the gas pedal basically by raising money. So we have an open fund right now. Uh, we can raise up to five million, and that's open uh, till twenty twenty three. But we're looking for accredited investors, and I guess what makes us different is we got a great team, which a lot of businesses I'm sure have a great team. But we're the we're not startup. We have a successful track record with good revenues uh, for the last five years. But we're a small company looking to expand. So that gives an opportunity out there that I think you wouldn't get with a large REIT. You know, you, the tip of the spear with the growth is what we're offering right now with us. So we're also offering uh, half of the value that we've created. And in the back end, when we either sell or refinance the properties, which like I said, we've hit 52% since we started. And we've had some good, good things going on in our favor in the market as well. But as long as we purchase the correct properties, I'm, I'm 100% sure we can keep replicating this. And we're also offering a split with half of the cash flow, excess cash flow that we create with our investors. And then as far as the interest we're offering, it's a 10, then nine, then 8% return on years one, two, and then three, and three after goes to 8%. But like I said, there's a lot of other opportunity to create more money there. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you for all the information and for coming on the show. If any of our listeners, Chad, would like to get a hold of you, what is the best way for them to do so? You can find information on how to contact us, how to schedule a, a Zoom call or a phone call at mhpinvestors.com. So like mobile home park, mhpinvestors.com. You can find me on LinkedIn if you just search Chad Freeman. And my Google voice number. If anybody's out there, if you're an accredited investor and you want to talk to me, give me a call. You can reach me at 702-706-6904. And you can also email us at info at mhpinvestors.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chad, for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. That's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Would you like to see Mobile Home Park value-add projects in progress? If so, follow us on Instagram, at PassiveMHPInvesting, for photos and awesome videos from our recent Mobile Home Park acquisitions. Once again, that's at PassiveMHPInvesting on Instagram. See you there.